DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by former BYU wide receiver Dylan Cauley. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain has given free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. Dylan, good morning. Morning, fellas. How we doing? Good. So, Dylan, this may shock you, but Kalani getting asked about his interest in other schools and saying, I'm just getting ready for Georgia Southern, made a lot of people sit up straight and go, hmm. <laughs> when you heard that, what did you think? Part of the game or it meant something about his potential interest in USC and Washington jobs? Um... I think I think a little bit of both, right? Uh, in the world of coaching, it is a uh, no matter how much, right? And I know from very personal experience, right? There is no one who loves BYU football more and the BYU school more than Kalani, right? Um, also in this day and age, much like if Kalani were to spend the next two years going, you know, or even three years going three and, you know, nine, three and 12, chances are he would be fired. No matter the love that he has for BYU, no matter the love that Tom and the athletic administration has for Kalani. And so to sit here and say that, you know, there is no chance that he's thinking about taking those jobs or considering those jobs, uh, I think would be naive. Um, I do genuinely believe that he is able to focus in on the next few games, uh, you know, probably with a sense of confidence that he could get those jobs pretty easily. Um, and so, you know, there is a lot of uh, thought that goes into that. And, you know, that's why I think I'm glad I'm not in that situation. <laughs> What's it mean to be a player's coach? Because that's what he's been described as. Yeah, uh, I think it goes back to the conversation that we were having prior to the UBA week. Um, when you think about someone who genuinely cares for the true joy and happiness for his players uh, before he's thinking of himself on a regular basis, right? Uh, that's something that I think is a key feature of uh, a, a player's coach. Um, and someone, you know, you can tell if someone's a, a true player's coach by the, like, the excitement, the joy, right, that they have in being a part of their team. Um, whether that's on the field, off the field, right, when you're a true player's coach, they are your first priority, and you make that you know, very clear, most importantly to them. doesn't matter what the outside world thinks, but when you have that actual love for your players, um, you know, they're, they're like your kids, and, and you show that love in, in any way a parent would. As a player, how critical are the coordinators and the position coaches, and how much do you think well, the way they are compensated 
A, keeps them in place. B, keeps players in place in the transfer era. As much as we talk about coaching salaries, and I'm looking at them divvied up by conferences right now, what isn't nearly as publicized is the recruiting pool at each school, but that determines how much the coordinators and assistants are getting paid. How important are they to the players' college football experience and keeping guys from transferring, quite frankly? Unless unless the head coach is, we're talking, extremely involved in the lives of the players, right? For instance, Norm, Norm Chow, who I grew up like idolizing and wanting to play for, playing for him was a much more of an, uh, a business relationship interaction. Right, you came into meetings. There wasn't a ton of actual personal interaction with Norm, um, unless he knew you, unless you had developed a level of trust with him. Right, it wasn't like he just walked in and he trusted everybody, and everybody trusted him. He was very uh, secure in the way that you know. Hey, if I trust you and I love you, I'm going to make sure you're taken care of. If I don't trust you. And I don't believe that you're benefiting our program. I really, you know, I, I'm going to be standoffish. If you need me, I'll help you. But I'm not going to just come to you, right, in a very business mentality. Um, at that moment, for those players that didn't have that type of relationship, the coordinators and the position coaches are critical, critical to people's people. Um, when you have someone like Kalani, who is much more personable and, and much more, you know, involved in the individual lives of his players, you know, you can look at it as like 70% on the position coaches and the coordinators with a 30% on, Hey, if someone says they're going to leave, right. Kalani has about a 30% chance of keeping them, especially if the coordinators and the position coaches don't have the greatest relationship with those individual players because you are with your position coach every single day, all day, even more so than the offensive coordinator, right? You are with them all day at practice. You are with them all day during meetings. And so that relationship, if that relationship isn't working, then it can cause a lot of tension uh, for the player and, and the receiver's coach. I guess in my scenario, the receiver's coach. So you've known a lot of people who've played college football, various programs, and any friends of yours or whatnot as you've come, as you've talked with them, did you ever think, uh, hey, I wish we had that, whatever that is at BYU? I think because of the year that I was there, it was such a, one, I was coming from a situation where we didn't have anything, mm-hmm. right? Have the, you know, the locker room, the swag, right, the travel amenities. We didn't have any of that. And so when I came to BYU, it was like I was just grateful for all of the resources, like the fact that we got food, you know, uh, on the plane and the fact that we weren't sitting next to the general public was like this is awe-inspiring, right, the fact that we chartered a plane. Uh, instead of having to go through TSA and sit next to people who were, you know, excited for fall break in Hawaii. Um, you know, like it was, like it was while, while I was there. 
Um, but when you look at the actual culture that, that comes with that, you know, there are very few things in today's BYU football program that are missing from the other top-tier programs. For instance, BYU has soap in the showers, and at times, Hawaii didn't. Correct. Exactly. You brought your own soap. Let that sink in. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think being a player's coach can have any negative effect on what you're trying to accomplish? Absolutely. It it definitely can get in the way of the end goal, especially when it comes to winning ballgames. If you're too focused on pleasing the players and what they want and making their environment enjoyable and right, you can very quickly get away from the success and the focus on winning ballgames. Once you find that balance, and I think in the last two to three years, Kalani has found the balance of being a player's coach and turning that focus to winning games, um, that is a very, very tough, tough combination to, uh, to master, and it's a very tough combination to beat when you have that type of environment. Uh, and so, you know, if you're just on the, hey, let's have fun, let's please the players, right, uh, let's make sure that they're happy and they're satisfied, and we hope that's what brings the wins, then you're going to find yourself in a very fun, you know, exciting three and ten program yeah. year in and year out. <laughs> that was good, right up until the end. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> and that's what, and and that's 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 where we were at at Hawaii. Uh, I think my junior year we went seven and seven, and um, or my sophomore year we went seven and seven. I think my junior year we maybe won four or five games. Right, and it was it was fun, like it was a cool environment to be in. But when you go to Michigan, you go to even Boise State, and you're losing by 45 points, um, it's a it's a tough reality check. So, as a uh, as a former Cougar and viewing this with maybe a little insight, but not as much as you would prefer to answer this next question definitively, if BYU and Washington can, or BYU, if USC and Washington come calling and you know how big their checkbooks are and the kind of money they might throw throw around, how strong do you think BYU will come? Not to match dollar for dollar because that seems like that wouldn't happen, but to make sure that everybody knows I'm valued. I got a really good situation, and the grass isn't always greener on the other side of the fence, even if the green money is piled much higher. There, there are two, two very critical aspects to this, and I know a lot of people say these things, but this is, when, when Kalani says this, it is 100% true, and it's affected a lot of his decisions. Um, the money is one aspect of it. From the outside looking in, you have a two programs that can offer a ton, a ton of money. If BYU can come close and, you know, I think within a million dollars a year, right? If they can come within a million dollars a year of what a USC or a Washington offers, 
and Kalani's wife is the green light to stay or go, it doesn't matter really what that money what that money says. If Sister Shiitake says we're staying, they're staying. If Sister Shiitake says, "Hey, this feels right. We're going." They're going. Um, and so, you know, if BYU comes close and they have that support from her, then now, you know, they're going to stay. The money will continue to roll in however it does, right? Uh, but that that aspect of it is is huge to, to Kalani and their family. When you look at what he's done or what happened earlier to what's going on now, obviously it's substantially better now than it was earlier. What do you think some of the differences are? The balance. The balance of understanding the focus that he's putting on the player's wants and needs and how to actually translate that into wins, along with enabling the right people on the staff to make certain decisions that have affected the success on both sides of the ball. Um, from coordinators to position coaches, the, the enablement and kind of the uh, green light, right. To do as they, to do as they wish and to trust them uh, has been, has been huge. So if you just cut right to the chase, is he going or is he staying? What do you think? I, uh, as as a outside, as very much of an outsider to this situation, um, I think it would be very, very hard to turn down a USC. I think the Washington situation, the Washington environment, the Washington culture is in a very, very you know, deep, dark place uh, ever since Coach Pete left. I think USC is a place that can be flipped around. Um, you can already tell by the, the coaches that are there currently, right, that stuck around after Coach Elton left. Um, I, 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 it would be very, very hard to say no to, to a USC opportunity. Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receiver. Dylan, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Of course, as always. All right, we'll talk to you again next week. There's Dylan Collin. Of course, the irony of what everything he says is that BYU will be playing USC in the Coliseum Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, I mean, you want a definition of irony? That is it. Look it up. BYU versus SC in the Coliseum on a Saturday night. How about that? Dylan says, come within a million bucks. What number would that be? I'll tell you next. Stay with us, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're also giving away Jazz Sixer tickets to see the game tonight, 8 o'clock for TNT. Two tickets next. Tickets every half hour at half pa- Tickets every hour at half past the hour. 9.30, 10.30, 11.30. All day long, right here on The Zone Sports Network.